This is a message from St. Paul Lutheran Church in Flemington, New Jersey. Come and worship with us every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for our traditional service or at 10 a.m. for our contemporary service. We're in the second week in our teaching series called 2020 Vision, Seeing Life Clearly. We're looking at various aspects of life through the lens of God's Word and allowing His Word to take has what has become cloudy, blurry, or confusing and make it clear. To help us clearly understand our relationships, our job, our struggles, and even the world. Last week we talked about seeing God clearly. And how at times in our lives, depending on our experiences and depending upon the people and events influencing us, our view of God is different than the truth of who he actually is. The one who made the world out of nothing with only his breath cares for you. And more than that, as we just read in 1 John 1, it says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God shines light in darkness. God is light in darkness. And not just this vague idea of darkness, but real darkness. The darkness of wars. The darkness of hatred. The darkness of evil, the darkness of viruses, the darkness of marital disputes and disgruntled parent-child relationships and co-workers fighting for one another's jobs, the darkness of Satan, the darkness of sin. I don't need to tell you this, but there is real darkness and God is light in the darkness. Which leads to where we're going today, shifting from seeing God clearly to seeing people clearly. Because we think we know people pretty well. We think we see people pretty clearly. We think we know our spouse. We think we, think we know our children. We think we know our coworkers or other people that we go to church with or our friends at school. We have seen who they are. We've seen the things that they've done and the kind of people that they strive to be. We've seen their character. And that can be good and it can be bad. But when you feel like you know someone, inevitably you begin to make assumptions about that person based on your experiences with them. If for the most part they've treated you kindly and with respect, most likely you'll assume the best about them. You'll assume that they always have good intentions or that they never make mistakes. And when that is the case, and then someone confronts you with something about that person that is different than this view that you have about them, we don't believe it. Like when someone tells you how they were disrespected by this person. And so we respond by saying, they would never say that. I've never heard them say anything like that before. Or when, they, when someone else has been hurt by this person in a way that maybe we weren't expecting, we say, I don't believe that they would do something like that. 
Now, it's important to pause just for a moment and be reminded that we are called and we should explain everything about other people, about one another, in the kindest way possible at all times. But sometimes that assumption can go too far. Sometimes that assumption causes us to block out all those things that go against that view that we have about this person. Of course, the other side of our assumption in relationship with other people, people that we know, is different. To assume the opposite. To assume that we know the person so well that we can predict how they will respond in a negative way. So when we disagree with our boss, but believe that they won't listen to us, we say, why talk to my boss about that? I know exactly how they'll respond anyway. Or when we want someone to respond or act differently than they have in the past, but we don't believe that they will. We say they will never change. They haven't yet. Why should I expect them to now? Or to that friend or that family member who's hurt us again, and this isn't the first time. And so we say, how could I forgive them when I know this will just happen again? But this view of people applies not just to people we know or people that we know really well, but also people in general. Because we think we know people. We think we know the person who just cut us off in traffic. And we think that they believe that their time is more important than mine. Or the person who just picked up that last supply of hand sanitizer or Lysol wipes or toilet paper. We believe that they already probably have too much at home when we just need this one. We believe that the news media doesn't care. We believe that the president doesn't know what he's doing. We believe our children don't listen. Our parents don't understand. We think we know people pretty well. So which one of those sides is true? Are people basically good? Or are they basically bad? You may already have an answer prepared in your mind. But before we get to that answer, think about someone you know even better than your closest friend. Better than your parents. Better than your children. Better than your spouse. You may think I'm talking about God, and we may want that answer to be God. But in all reality, the person you know better than all those other people out there is this person. We know ourselves all too well, which also means that we know our darkness. We know our darkness better than others, better than others' darkness, but also better than others know our darkness. You know your habits. You know your desires. You know those things that you think, but you wouldn't dare say out loud. You know the way that you treat other people, either to their face or behind their back. You know the way you talk about other people, either to their face or behind their back. 
You know your own actions and the way you treat your spouse or the way you treat your children or your coworkers or people at church or your neighbors. You see, knowing this matters because seeing people clearly means seeing myself clearly. Seeing people clearly starts with me. It starts with what I believe about and see in my own habits, desires, actions, words. Because the truth is that at times, what I believe about myself, I transpose on other people. And if I believe that I am basically good, then when I do make mistakes, I end up actually missing those mistakes altogether. And I end up disregarding the ways that what I have said and done have actually harmed other people. And the problem with that is it isn't accurate. It's not clear. I'm only fooling myself. That's what 1 John says. It says, if we claim to be without sin, if we claim to have nothing wrong, if we claim to make no mistakes, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You see, when I claim to be mostly good, which is really my way of saying that I'm not that bad, either not as bad as other people think or not as bad as maybe I want to be or maybe not as bad as that person over there. I'm not that bad. When I think like that, I'm only deceiving myself. I'm not deceiving anyone else. I'm only fooling myself, which makes sense, right? Because you don't have any problem with seeing the faults in others. Which means that people can see your faults too. Romans 3.10 says this. It is written, there is no one righteous. Not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There's no one who does good. Not even one. I'm going to invite the band forward at this time. And while they're coming forward, I want to share with you a conversation that I had with a seminary classmate of mine this week. And the two of us were talking about how as a church staff, we decided this week we were going to quarantine as much as possible. And we were discussing how it really is a different experience. Because while you love your family and those closest to you, you're not used to spending so much time with them. And while it is great to be able to spend more time with these people that we love and we care about, that can also present its own, its own challenges. Really, it allows you to see those closest to you more clearly. And as I was reflecting on that and stressing about all the things that still needed to be done while my son was in the other room asking me to play with him because he doesn't quite understand that quarantine meant that dad still had to get work done and my wife and I were trying to balance back and forth between her work and my work and playing with Noah, making sure that each of us got all of the stuff that needed to be done during the week, I mentioned to this classmate of mine that I felt terrible. 
Because I had brought all the stress home with me, all the stress from work, from church. And I used that fact that I was overwhelmed by all the things that needed to be done. I used that fact as an excuse to not be patient, to be more selfish, to be less generous and have a less caring attitude toward my, toward my family. And I told my wife that my, I told my friend that my wife is a saint and that she deserves a, a medal or a holiday for putting up with me, for dealing with me, because I don't know if I would put up with me. Would I put up with myself if, I, if, if someone treated me that way? If someone treated me the way I treat others? What about you? Would you put up? with the way that you treat others? Is he seeing people clearly starts with seeing myself clearly that I can't claim to be without sin. And neither can you. Just pause for a moment and think about that. Just think about what that means to see yourself clearly. To see the way that God has called you to, to live and be in this world in relationship with one another. And maybe how that's looked different. First John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Let's pray. Most merciful God, when we are honest with ourselves, we know we have much to confess. That we are by nature sinful and unclean. That we have sinned against you in, in what we've thought and what we've said in our, and in our actions. And the things we've chosen to do and the things that you've called us to do but we've avoided or we've neglected. We haven't loved you with our whole heart. We haven't loved the people that you put into our lives as ourselves, our family, our friends, our spouses, our children, the people we work with, our neighbors, people at church. If we're being honest, we struggle to see ourselves clearly according to your word. And therefore, we struggle to see people clearly. Because of your son, Jesus, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, lead us so that we may desire and rejoice in seeing you clearly and seeing people clearly and live the way that you have called us to live in this world for your glory and for your name.
So I asked this question, which one is right? Are people basically good or are they basically bad? And it would seem that the answer is obvious as we see it clearly in God's word and also in ourselves and in our own lives. People aren't basically bad, but as Romans says, no one does good. And if our goal is to try and see people clearly, including ourselves, what we've said so far would be true. Except that wouldn't be the full story. Luke 19 shares the story of Zacchaeus that we heard read a little earlier. And the story takes place within days of Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter morning. And Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And tax collectors weren't seen in a very good light because they were corrupt and they had swindled and cheated their fellow man out of all kinds of money. But he was even more than that because he was a chief tax collector. And this Zacchaeus had heard about this Jesus and all the things that he had done, all the things that people had told about. So he ran ahead and because he was short, he climbed a tree to be able to see him. And as Jesus gets closer and reached the spot where Zacchaeus had positioned himself in the tree, Jesus looked up and he saw Zacchaeus right there. Then he did something unusual. He didn't just ignore Zacchaeus. He didn't disregard him. He called him by name. Zacchaeus, you come down. And then he went with Zacchaeus into his house. And when all the people saw this, they were astonished. They said, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. You see, that's who Jesus is. The guest of sinners and tax collectors. The guest of those who have sinned. Those who have fallen short. The guest, quite honestly, of those who don't belong in his presence. Seeing people clearly means seeing people 
through the eyes of Jesus. Through the eyes of the one who hung on a cross, who was nailed to that cross, who died on that cross for sinners like you and me. Steve had just graduated from college. He was off on his own, and to show how proud of he was, uh, how proud of him his parents were, they bought him a brand new couch for his new apartment. Well, one day, not much long after being in this new apartment, Steve was drinking coffee, and he spilled this coffee on this brand new couch. And so frantically, he looked everywhere for something that would clean up this coffee stain on this brand new couch. So he then searched the internet, and he tried every remedy, but nothing. The stain was still there. A few days later, Steve's parents called to say they were stopping by to check out the new apartment and to see how he was settling in. Frustrated in himself, he knew it would be a huge disappointment for them to see this brand new couch that they had given him now ruined. Is that how you feel? Do you feel like your life has been ruined? Do you feel like there's no going back? Like the stain, the, like the stain can't be removed. Like there's no remedy. You know, there may not be a remedy for removing coffee stains, but there is one for removing our stains, our stain of sin that clouds our view of ourselves that clouds our view of other people, that clouds our view of the world. You see, the cross is the remedy where all those sins have been washed away, where they're forgiven. First John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But then it goes on to say, but if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. And he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Seeing people clearly means seeing myself cleansed and forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Seeing people clearly means seeing others cleansed and forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Remember, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. You see, now we have an opportunity as those who have been washed clean in the blood of Jesus, to shine light in the darkness. And our almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in mercy, sent Jesus to die for you. And because of Jesus and his work on the cross, all of your sins are forgiven as far as the east is from the west. 
So look at other people with that same lens as though they too have been washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. You know, our world needs this message now more than ever. And so I encourage you to go and share it and be people in the light of God. See yourself clearly. See people clearly. See people through the eyes of Jesus. Amen.